You're listening to About My Father's Business, presented by Iron Wifey. Without further ado, here's your host, the Iron Wifey herself, Michaela. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of About My Father's Business, where we highlight the men and women who are carrying out the business that God has given them. Now, today's guest, I am so excited because I found this young lady on Instagram and she was preaching the heck out of God's word. And it's amazing because she is extremely young for her age. I'm not going to give away her age. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, But she embodies everything there is to be a woman of God. And she's accepted Christ at such a young age that she is now carrying out the business for the father each and every day. Not only that, but she's named after one of the really amazing women in the Bible, which we'll talk about. So without further ado, please welcome Susanna Raj. Hello, love. Hi. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. This is, this is incredible. Oh, well, it is my pleasure. Now, Susanna, like I said, we are just going to just dive right in. And I want to know, first off, first question, what does it mean to you to be about the father's business? Wow, I feel like for me, it's about bringing the kingdom of God down to earth. And Mm. recently I've had this revelation of how we're all royalty. Every Christian is royal. And so we, we belong to, (laughs) we belong to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And for me being about my father's business is just, okay, God, what's your kingdom? How do I bring your kingdom here? Like those principles and the nature of the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom. How do I, how do I bring that down in my choices, in my words, in my friendships, in my conversation as well? I love that. So let's backtrack a little bit and let's start with you. Tell us about yourself. Like, where are you? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I am in Preston. So that is in the Northwest of England. Um, I am 18 years old. Ooh. And <laughs> and I've just finished uh, my A levels, which I think is high school for you guys. Okay. Um, so I'm looking to study law at university in October this year. Um, okay, we have a church. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, we have a church called New Beginning Christian Church. So we started that church a few years ago. Um, I'm in a pastor's family. I've always been brought up in a pastor's family, and so. Yeah, we're just in our small city serving God where we are. Amen. That is the best place to start, in your city. And so I'm yeah. a little curious, why law out of all things to study in college? <laughs> wow. So for me, it is a very spiritual, personal thing. Like I believe God has called me to be a person of justice and righteousness and to bring that out through my career and I, I feel like all of our careers are so special like it's not just a job mm-hmm. it's, it's God's purpose for me mm-hmm. so definitely I feel that just justice being God's heart is, is so special and that's what I feel he's called me to amen amen I love it now being in Preston you mentioned that you guys have a church uh, new beginnings Christian Okay. And I am curious, how are you carrying out the business of God in your life? Is it through the church? Is it through just being friends with people? Is it through your ministry to your family? Like, how are you carrying out God's business? I think for me, it's just listening to God's spirit. And in all of those areas, in church and in family and education, just how how I go about conversations and just all the time, God, what are you saying? I feel like the voice of God is just such a precious thing for me. And mm. carrying out his business in, in church means, God, what's your heart for this church? What's your heart for ministry? Or what's your heart for my college friends or for, for my friends outside of college? And, and on a wider scale, I feel like being a lawyer is, is part of that and using that space to bring justice and to bring freedom to those that need it as well. Amen. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, I can't wait until you 
pass so that I know <laughs> a lawyer who I can call on when I need <laughs> yeah. some things done. <laughs> <laughs> so Susanna, when were you first introduced to Jesus? So for me, it was probably, oh, you know, probably in the womb, <laughs> probably before <laughs> I was even born. Um, I think I, I've always just been around Jesus and church. And I remember from a very young age, just being so familiar with scripture and ministry and, you know, right from the beginning, just being immersed in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even throughout my life, I'd say probably when I was about 10 years old, I started feeling very anxious and I had a very intense fear of the devil and like shadows and I couldn't be on my own at home for a long time and as well as feeling this anger and having deep kind of anger issues as well and even at that young age I knew that I wasn't the same on Sunday as I was during the week and I Uh knew that I had things in me that I had to I needed help with and, and I needed to be free from and so when I was about 13, we went to a youth meeting. And at that time, um, the preacher was, was just preaching everything I needed to hear. Everything. He, he addressed my fear. He addressed my anger. And, and he highlighted Jesus in, in a way I never saw him before. Like I knew he was a savior. I knew he was a friend. But I didn't know he was my savior, my friend, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So definitely from that day, I just saw Jesus in a whole new light. And from that time, I started to have a series of encounters with Jesus over that year. And I began to understand, wow, like this, this God loves me. And it's not just me talking about his love or knowing of his love. It just became such a personal, real thing. Amen. I love that it was age 13 that you really grew to know Christ. Cause like a lot of people assume, especially when we're like that age, you know, like Jesus is for like our parents or our grandparents. (laughs) Like you go to church with your grandparents and they, you know, talk about Jesus all the time. But for a girl or just a child at that age to be like, you know what? this God is real. Like he's real and he loves me and he's my friend and he's going to provide and he's my savior. Like that speaks volumes that, you know, God is God at any age. Amen. Yeah. I love it so much. And then it's also crazy because Jesus was 12. They mentioned in the Bible when he was in the temple carrying out his father's business. Um, So (laughs) I just think that's such a prime time in all of our lives where like you're not becoming an adult, but you're becoming who God is calling you to be. You're becoming that person. You're starting to carry out that business that God gave you. Definitely. I love it. So tell me about your greatest challenge in life, like your greatest challenge that you maybe have overcome or maybe overcoming. I think for me, it's, it's the fear of man and okay. the fear of people's opinions and the fear of being rejected or persecuted or, you know, even hated for following Jesus and for being outspoken about him. And for me, I, I'm definitely still on this journey of overcoming that, but I've come to realize that it's not me I am representing, like it's not me I'm defending or, you know, trying to, trying to represent, it's Jesus, like it's, yeah. it's something so much greater than just me. And so when I look beyond myself, I actually realize there's no, there's no reason to be afraid because this, like God's worth it. Jesus is worth that. And I'm always reminded of those scriptures where Jesus said in this world, you'll have trouble and People will persecute you and come against you for my sake. And it's understanding that we should expect that. But actually, we are, we're on a different journey than everyone else. We're on a different path. Like, it's narrow, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's yes. not going to be easy. So yes. understanding that and overcoming the fear of man in that way, I'd say. I love it. Amazing. So you accepted Christ into your life at 13. And... Now you are preaching, you're 18, you're preaching. 
Yeah. How, how did that happen? Like, how did you go from just that, the little girl who's like, Jesus, I want to know you too. I'm going to tell everybody about you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always say that the initial like salvation is honestly just the beginning. Like since I've had that time of being saved, I've had so many ups and downs and it was in the summer of 2016 that I, I went through a season of just emptiness and dryness and feeling like God's not real, to be honest, mm. that God doesn't exist. And I would wake up every day with kind of this cloud over me and I felt like I wasn't fully present and I wasn't being able to connect with people or I was never really in a room, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was during that summer that through through series of events and things, I overcame that and God showed me, no, I fight for you and I am real. Um, and that was in summer 2016. And in September 11th, 2016, I preached my first sermon. Wow. And it was, yeah, so it was really birthed out of that emptiness and dryness. And my first sermon was preaching about unshakables and how God's called us to be unshakable. And he's made us unshakable. And honestly, I was just the person in that room that needed to hear that the most. Because I had been through that wrestle. And I, I needed, desperately needed to know that I'm unshakable. And that God's called me to be unshakable. So really, that's how that came about. And, and from that, every sermon I preach, honestly, I've wrestled with it. I've, I've battled with it. And I've... I've understood how do I practice this before I preach it like it's really just the lessons God has taught me that's all it is it's just me sharing the highs and the lows and being able to express that through the word of God and understanding that in every season there's a there's a scripture for that there's a word in that there's someone in the bible that's gone through that that we can learn from yes yes I love it and there is, like, there, there really is. The Bible is the same yesterday, today, and it will forever be. Like, if that could happen 2,000 years ago, it's happening today. Like, yes. Yeah. I love it. How do you typically prepare for a sermon? Like, how, how does that process work? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, honestly, it changes every time, really. Okay. Sometimes... Um, God will give me the title or he'll give me the word and then I will ask the Holy Spirit like more on that word and I'll go into scripture and what does the scripture say about that word or who in the Bible represents that word and other times I'll be reading a scripture and um, it will just pop out at me like the Holy Spirit will just illuminate something and God will just give me this revelation of what that word means and then I will like type it all out and, and deliver it. Um, but other times it is just experience. Like recently I've been feeling um, God's heart for me to know his grace. And I feel like sometimes, especially when we are in church all the time, we start to become religious, right? Yeah. We start to yeah. find things to tick off the list and how can I be perfect? How can I do? Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful, it becomes a, how do I work for my salvation, which is totally against the grace of God. So recently I've wrestled with that and God has taught me about his grace. And so that's what I'm going to preach next. So it's really just that season and how, how I go through the season. So with grace being the thing that you are, you know, thinking about preaching next, how do you prepare like for grace like how do you accept God's grace into your life or is it something that needs that that we need to do something on our end like you were saying like we become religious in church mm-hmm. like is that something that is God's grace something we need to do on our end or is it something that we freely receive like how does how do you prepare for grace <laughs> yeah I, I'd say <laughs> we definitely freely receive what this like that's something I've understood. It's nothing I can do. And I've had to like drill that into my brain and tell myself mm-hmm. that every day, like I cannot do anything to earn this or deserve this. And for me, it's really just reminding ourselves and we know the scripture and we hear it, but sometimes we need to dig those lessons back up 
And I think a lot of Christians think that, oh, grace and the gospel, like that's the basics. But we need that every day. Like yeah. it is simple, but it's not just for the new Christians. And that's what I'm realizing. So it's me reading that scripture out loud, telling my body, telling my soul, no, the grace of God is for me. Amen. And for those who may, you know, be those new Christians, what is the grace of God? So the grace of God, I'd say it's a free gift. That means that he is always going to love you and his Mm -hmm. salvation and his sacrifice is always going to be there regardless of your actions, in spite of your sin. The grace of God is the ability and it's the gift that we can take every time we do something wrong, every time we fall short, we can lean on that grace because Jesus was perfect. And Mm. his perfection means that I don't have to be perfect and I, I can never be perfect and I don't have to earn that grace. It's the grace that's a gift to all of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when it comes to, you kind of mentioned that grace is a gift. And so when it comes to gifts, you have truly been given the gift to preach. And so I'm curious, when did you first discover that you had this gift? Even now, I I don't feel like it's a gift. (laughs) I feel like I just like the sound of my own voice. So y'all better listen. (laughs) I I don't know. Honestly, I think that first sermon that I was preaching about being unshakable, I didn't think about, can I do this? Mm. Or am I good enough? Like those thoughts didn't really enter my head, which I know is very, you know, not everyone feels that way. But I, I never felt like, I can't do this. I just felt like God has given me a word and I've got to obey. Like I didn't really think yes. about gifting or whether, <laughs> whether it's my strong part or whatever. I'm like, do you know what? God's told me. So I have to, if that makes sense. Yes. And like obedience is like so big for me this year. Like that's kind of one of, yeah. one of my main focuses this year. But wow. I've noticed that when it comes to obedience, there's, so much of a spiritual battle because unlike you I'm sitting here like well can I do this am (laughs) I supposed to be doing this and you know like just just that mindset like you know what regardless I'm just going to be obedient how how do you how do you approach obedience like is that something that I know you mentioned it just kind of came easy. I'm just going to be obedient. But how do you approach obedience? Not just in in preaching or using your gifts, but in just your everyday walk with Christ. I think I always fix my eyes on, on the why and on Jesus. And I think for me in, in preaching, obedience kind of comes easy. But there's definitely other things like prophecy and other gifts where I'm like I can't say that to that person or I can't do that and for a long time I was in no mode like anything God would say I'd be like no just straight (laughs) I can't do that (laughs) so like what what a perfect child I am I'm just like no no please no um and God showed me like you're saying no because you're thinking of you you're not thinking of me or that person so for me, when, I, when, I, when God gives me something and I'm thinking I can't obey or I'm struggling with that, I think about who he is and mm. the fact that I want to serve him. But I also think about everyone else on the other side of my obedience. Like who, who is going to be impacted by my obedience or who is going to miss out on a blessing or miss out on a word because I've not obeyed? And that's hard to hear for myself, definitely. But that is what motivates me. Actually, I'm doing this for you, Jesus, but I'm doing this because you want your kids to know something. Like you want your children to know something about you. And me obeying you is partnering with you for for that to come about. Amen. Amen. That that was a whole, that's a whole sermon right there. That's a, that's a whole word, like a whole word right there. 
Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. So I'm curious, what have you learned about yourself since becoming a preacher or pastor, preacher? Pastor? (laughs) Okay, preacher. What have you learned about yourself since becoming a preacher? Um, I think I've learned that um, I'm, I'm good under pressure, but I can easily be caught up in the hype. And in the excitement and in, you know, I want to preach to crowds and I want to be invited to this church. Like, I'm just being real. Like, (laughs) I I want to go there and I want to go to that conference and blah, blah. And the Holy Spirit recently said to me that my voice is never louder than when I'm in a one-on-one conversation with someone. And when I am just preaching to one person. And I, I looked at like, the friendships that I have and a lot of these friendships God uses me to preach in effect Mm. in effect to that friendship and the Holy Spirit said like yes you want to come up with a sermon that's powerful and impacting and the the whole world sees but your voice is the loudest when you are speaking truth into one person's season when you stop for the one person that is where you are the loudest. That's where you are the most powerful when you're pastoring people. So that's definitely what I'm learning right now. Amen. And I can speak to that as well and confirm that for you because, you know, before our interview, we chatted and I was taken back by how the Holy Spirit spoke through you, the (laughs) prophecy that you spoke into my life that you didn't even know what was going on. And just like how in tune you are with the voice of God. Like I was Mm. amazed. And that was just a conversation. Like that was just our first conversation. And so like, I can definitely um, confirm that for you, that God has truly given you that gift. And whether you're on a stage with two people in the crowd or a stage with 5,000 people in the crowd, your word and your obedience to allow the Holy Spirit to use you is definitely uh, flowing through you. So please keep doing that because you you have blessed my life. And so I can only imagine the people who are in the room with you for sure. My pleasure. Now I want to shift gears because the quarter two issue of Iron Wifey focused on women in the Bible. And you, Susanna, share the same name as Susanna in the Bible. So I kind of want to talk about Susanna for a little bit, but I want to under- I want to know, like, why did your parents name you Susanna? Like, did they ever tell you? <laughs> so this is funny because before my dad even married my mom, God told him that he would have two girls mm. uh, and that he would have to call them Joanna and Susanna according to the oh. three. Yeah. So even like when he met my mum and when they were going to get married, he said like, just so you know, we're going to have two girls and I've got the names. <laughs> wow. Okay. I love it. Prophecy. Prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And so with Susanna, I love that your sister's name is Joanna as well. We'll talk about that on another time, but yes, that is so amazing. <laughs> um, how do you view Susanna in the Bible like let's just well first let's go to let's go to the word and let's read a little bit about Susanna because she's only mentioned once yeah she's only mentioned once but that one mention speaks so profoundly Mm. to who she was and what she embodied in Christ and so uh if we take it over to Luke 8 3 I have the scripture right here so in Luke 8 Um, And we're just going to start with, we're going to read Luke 8, 1 through 3, just because it sets the premise for it. But it talks about women who follow Jesus. And it says, soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured from evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom had cast out seven devils, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Susanna, let's (laughs) unpack that. Thoughts? Yeah, so for me, to me, it's clear that Susanna had an encounter with Jesus. 
Like mm. met Jesus, she met Jesus, but more than that, she experienced him and it was through a healing. Like we don't know if it was a demon or a disease, but he radically, incredibly transformed her life forever. Yes. So she saw his face. And from that, like her response to that was, I'm going to give to Jesus and, and his followers and his disciples. I'm going to give them from my own resources. So she would have, yeah. I, I guess that she would have looked into herself and said, okay, what do I have to give this man mm -hmm. and the people that follow him? And she did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you think she would react to like today's time? Like you take Susanna back then and you drop her in 2020 in the midst of Corona, in the midst of racial yeah. tension, in the midst of uncertainty. How do you think Rihanna or Susanna would react <laughs> to <laughs> what's going on right now? Yeah, I think that she would first just go to her personal experience with Jesus. Mm. And sometimes, especially in, in the stress and the chaos of this world, we, we forget that Jesus has met us. We forget what he's done for us. Mm. And I think that she would come from a place of gratitude and thankfulness. And then I think she would be very quick to look at what she had and fund what, whatever she could or give to whatever she could. And, and this word, um, this word that the women support them, Mm -hmm. And this word support, like in the Greek, it means so many different things. It means domestic service. It means food. It could mean money or even ministry, like supporting in a ministry way. Yes. And so I think she wouldn't have been limited to like one thing. She would have been running around, I think, just thinking, what can I do? What can I give? And these women, although they were so crucial to Jesus's ministry, they weren't in the limelight they weren't in front of everyone they were backstage and yeah. so i think she wouldn't really have cared about who saw it or you know in our in our world like whether it was on social media or on the news i think she would have just been humble and and just gave what she could yes i love it and i think that also speaks to like like jesus through susanna like whenever yeah. I'm reading about people in the Bible, I'm always trying to figure out like, what do I learn about Jesus through them? And so like, I've seen that like, one, the women in the Bible, Susanna included, they had cast out evil spirits from them. Mm -hmm. And so she was battling with something. She, yeah. you know, she had a thorn in her flesh. Like she was battling with the enemy and she yeah. had a spirit in her that wasn't like Christ. And so she got to a point where I feel like just painting pictures, either she approached Jesus wanting that spirit to be cast out of her or Jesus saw her and had so much love and tender mercy for her where he cast out that spirit. And so for her to realize, you know, I am not my own because the Lord has delivered me from what I was and yeah. delivered me into this place where I am. This is why I'm going to sacrifice myself for him and i feel like jesus did the same thing it was like because of my father i am going to sacrifice myself for my children for my brothers and sisters in christ for humanity wow. because i love them i love their salvation and so like susanna along with mary magdalene and joanna mm -hmm. like i feel like these women are so there's only there's not a lot spoken about them, but it's yeah. so profound what is spoken about them because they allowed themselves to be a willing vessel mm, and they allowed so themselves good. to sacrifice everything for Jesus, which he did yeah. for us. Amen. So like I was taken back by that for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, what qualities do you think Susanna kind of shares with Jesus? I think um, I think they were both like rebels to the world because both of them like in, in approaching each other and interacting with each other, they were, they were crossing like social boundaries, social rules for the sake of ministry. 
and even in in those days like for a man to greet a woman on the street like that was not the norm they weren't women weren't like acknowledged in in public and in everyday life and so for jesus to like approach susanna like for even for him to walk up to her but then going on to heal her like it went against everything all the status quo at that time and the same with Susanna, like her giving from her own means. Like, I don't know what her husband thought of that, if she was married or her yep. father or whatever. <laughs> like, she just did it. And so I think they both, they both saw each other as worth it. Like Jesus mm. saw Susanna as worth it. And Susanna saw Jesus as worth it. And both of them in doing that didn't care what the world thought. Amen. Yes, I love it. What qualities do you share with Susanna? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, I think, honestly, just a follower of Jesus, first of all. Just someone who has encountered Jesus, radically changed by Jesus. Um, I'd say growing up in a pastor's house, we, we have so many, like, ministers come and stay with us and eat with us and preach at our church. And I can definitely understand Susanna's heart of service in that in that sense and giving of her own means um but also from Susanna I've learned about giving to Jesus's followers is the same as giving to Jesus like Mm -hmm. giving to his friends and serving his ministry it's for him and I on the flip side of that like Susanna like we've said she broke the rules she ruffled feathers at the time for being seen with Jesus Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely working towards that. Um, <laughs> but I believe God's called me to that too, to put certain things on the line for, to, to show the world that I belong to Jesus and I, I affiliate with him. I love it. I am a little curious because, you know, you speaking on that and you wanting to be a lawyer, you're definitely going to run those feathers. <laughs> like it's definitely yeah. going to happen. Um, but I am curious your take on what is happening in today's society and how we as Christians, um, as women can, you know, be the Susanna. Yeah. I, I feel as though women are just so crucial for a generation. Like I think if you want to change a generation or change a system, go to the women and look at the women because we have something so unique. Like we have a heart that is nurturing, that is caring, that is passionate and emotional. And we, you know, we feel, I'm not saying men don't, but we feel. <laughs> so I, I definitely say that right now, we have first got to recognize that like, Jesus is the King of Kings. Mm-hmm. Like he's on the throne. I think we've got to come back to that. He is on the throne. He is timeless in his reign and his rule. But then, like we said right at the beginning, we're in this kingdom. So what do we do to bring God's kingdom down right now? And I think it looks like getting stuck in and getting right to where the pain is and where the hurt is. And that's scary and that's a big task. But I believe that we are here to bring God's heart to this world and being the church in that sense means having those tough conversations. Um, It means giving to the marginalized. It means seeing the excluded, bringing the oppressed in because that's what Jesus would do. I believe that he would just get right in the middle of all that chaos and all this, this struggle that we see and he would love people and he would hear them and he would listen to them. And I think a lot of people right now, don't feel heard and don't feel seen. And that's just the opposite of the gospel because it's all inclusive. It includes everyone into that truth. Amen. Amen. I I definitely, definitely agree. Definitely agree. What should people take from Susanna? Like not take from Susanna, but what do you want people (laughs) to learn about Jesus? through Susanna? I think, first of all, that Jesus loves women and he empowers women. 
And it's like in our day and age, I think it seems so obvious to say that, like Jesus loves women. But at that time, like Susanna was probably one of the women at Jesus's crucifixion. She was probably there at the resurrection as well when Jesus appeared to those women and he told them to go and tell the rest of his disciples of his resurrection. I was, that that is, well. I, I was reading that this morning. Um, yeah. It didn't mention Susanna. It mentioned Mary Magdalene and it mentioned Joanna, but I was like, Susanna was there. Like she was there back I then. I was there. <laughs> she, she, she was there, yeah. <laughs> so honestly, that would have been like them, them preaching, essentially, them telling people about the gospel. That would have been just the boldest most overt affirmation of Jesus to say, mm-hmm. you guys are equal in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. which was so radical at that time. So I want people to learn today that um, Jesus empowers women, but also our encounter shouldn't just stop at an encounter. There is a response mm-hmm. that comes from that. Like Susanna, there's so many people that were healed by Jesus and encountered by Jesus. I don't think all of them supported Jesus after that. I don't know if all of them gave to him. I don't know if all of them went to the next week's sermon or the next week's miracle. I don't know if they stayed and listened, but we know that Susanna stayed and not just stayed, but she gave. She gave of her own resources as well. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is a head and aha moment. Yeah. (laughs) like aha like that was just that was a new revelation for sure because so many of us and you even mentioned like you know you you were saved at 13 and then you know 2016 you had to you know reassess your relationship with God you had to go back to square one you had to you know like re-enter into his presence and so I believe so many so many Christians not just Christians but even just the world we are introduced to Jesus and we have that encounter with Jesus and we're so on fire, but eventually that fire kind of fizzles out and we have to be willing and open to get it back on track, to relight that fire for Christ and to really dedicate our lives like the Joannas, like the Susannas, like the Marys. Like we have to be willing to get back with God and get it right and just go from there and to give, to give of ourselves freely, like Susanna, to give of our resources, everything we have, whether it be gifts, whether it be, you know, the 10% of our our first earnings, whether it just be, you know, the the copper pennies that the woman had dropped in, like, we have to be willing to give of whatever we have, resources, gifts, talents, ideas, thoughts, actions, everything to God, to really fulfill the business that he's called us to fulfill. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. You gave me that aha moment. I was like, aha. (laughs) Got it. Got it. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing so much about Susanna and yourself, Susanna. (laughs) Um, I think the prophecy that the Lord gave your father for your name and your sister's name on point (laughs) for sure um so i kind of want to shift gears a little bit and move into iron wifey Mm. because in this interview i realized that i need to include you in the next issue of the magazine (laughs) (laughs) so yes so our (laughs) next issue and Y'all, Susanna did not prepare for this, and she had no idea this was coming. So anyway, (laughs) our next issue is going to cover God's plan and what it means to either carry out God's business plan for your life, to carry out God's plan for your life. And so I'm curious, what do you believe is God's plan for your life? I, I believe it's to be a lawyer. Like, I feel that that career for me is so special because it's a side of God's heart that I think every Christian needs to understand his heart for justice Mm -hmm. and his, his heart that is with all of those that have faced injustice and still do today. Like I think that his plan is for me to just amplify that part of his nature 
Um, but also I, I do, I do love women's ministry. Uh, and I feel like that might be something God wants me to walk in. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. Um, but I, I do love, love pastoring people. I love walking people through a season and through, through a tough time, but also the highs as well. And and those great victories. Like I love being there and, and love being able to say, Oh, I remember when you were struggling with this, but look at you now, like look where God's brought you. And I love being that person as well. Okay. Well, in the next five years, we're going to check back in and we're going to see, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to see where you're at (laughs) on your journey. But like, I mean, honestly, where do you see yourself in the next five years? So uh, I'll be 23 in Mm -hmm. five years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I would have, I, yeah, I guess I would have finished law school and hopefully be starting to practice law. Um, I see myself honestly being more humble than I am. Like that's Mm. just from my heart. I want to be, hopefully I would have figured that out and just walking in total humility all the time. I think that's something I'm learning every day, but I I see myself just being faithful with what God's given me at that time. Like, I don't know where I'll be, but I see myself just stewarding and looking after and watering the people around me, the organizations around me, um, the opportunities around me. Like, I just want to say that I will be patient and I would be faithful with everything, with my influence and whatever I have at that time. Amen. What do you, what advice do you have for someone who may want to be where you are right now? you know, in the state that you're at right now? Like, what advice do you have for that 13-year-old girl who just found Jesus? Wow. Honestly, Jesus is enough. He is enough. And I think, especially at that time, it wasn't that I was, you know, chasing the world or going after things that could satisfy me, but I didn't know, even until probably last year, I I didn't know Jesus was enough. Like I would go to him with my list of things that I wanted and with the troubles of the world and all that has its place. But I didn't realize that Jesus just wanted to be with me. He just wanted to be in my presence and he wanted to hear my heart and he's enough. And there's a song that is like, I'm not here for blessings. Like Jesus, you don't owe me anything. But more than anything you can do, I just want you. And that totally changed my world because Mm -hmm. that woke me up. And that's the best advice I can give anyone at any stage of life, whatever you're doing, is Jesus enough for you? And if he's not, like make him enough. Because honestly, when I started seeing Jesus as enough, everything fell into place. All my to-do list happened. All the things I needed, all the things I wanted, that just happened when I put him first. But when I saw him as the only thing that was worth my life, that changed everything for me. Susanna, it's so crazy that you said that because I, I just released a YouTube video. Um, yes. It was a vlog on airport worship friends. And yes. I was traveling to see my mom and yes. I was in the airport and this guy was, you know, worshiping God like it was it was a little like it was a little different but I was like oh yeah I was like oh he's just playing this guitar and actually sat and listened and he was like worshiping God and like the Lord led me to go sit with him and I had never heard that song um nothing else is it Cody Barnes I want to say it's Cody Barnes or Corey Barnes Cody Cons yeah (laughs) yes yes (laughs) I'd never heard that song like never heard that song before and when I went up to him he was pretty much done playing, like pretty much. And we just sat and we just talked about Jesus. And then before we get on the flight, he was like, you know, I want to practice one more song. And he started playing that song. And that's what I was able to get on video. Like I asked him if I could record it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was able to get on video. And throughout the entire flight, like wow. as I looked out the window, I saw this amazing view of just like clouds and the sky and it was so heavenly. And I played that song over 
and over again Mm -hmm. on repeat and it was just like it was just like a reminder like you know you're not here for blessings like Jesus doesn't owe you anything like more than anything we just need you like I just want you and to be that person that just wants Jesus like that was so eye-opening for me that song and so like that's now one of my new favorite worship songs and so for you to sit here and quote (laughs) that exact song during this interview I'm just like wow (laughs) wow yep it's a sign for sure (laughs) what is one of your favorite verses in the bible or a verse that you kind of focus on and live by today I think especially for today's time my my favorite verse is proverbs 31 verse 8 to 9 where it says open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die open your mouth judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy and I love this verse because it shows us God's heart for his children and it's just a simple command open your mouth mm-hmm. and over my my time of being a Christian I've seen and I've noticed that one of the number one strategies of the enemy is to silence us Mm. and to close our mouths and he will bring temptation he'll bring mental illness he'll bring struggles to stop us opening our mouths in whatever way to praise god or to speak up for someone else and so these words open your mouth but not just open your mouth but open your mouth for god's children for the speechless and it's powerful it's a big task but God showed me that we as the church and we as Christian women are the most qualified. We are the most equipped in this world to do that. Yes. Yes. I love it. Now I want to know, and you know, we're, we're almost up. Our hours are almost up, but um, first off, where can people find you, Susanna? Okay. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, at Susanna.raj. Um, I also have a Christian women's Instagram page, which is called Love Like That. And I started this last year um, to encourage Christian women to walk in love as daughters of the King, but also as the bride of Christ. Mm. And I feel like this daughters of the King thing, we kind of get but the bride of Christ is so like not really spoken about. And I, I never saw myself as the bride of Christ until recently. And so where we are understanding these two identities, we're the daughter, but we're also the bride and loving people from that, loving God from that place, from that foundation of knowing who we are. Yes, yes, and yes, <laughs> yes. It's so crazy because that is literally what Iron Wifey was founded on. Like, wow, you know, Iron, I, when I did the studying, it was like, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so like, you know, being someone who is able to sharpen someone else, but then the wifey component is that, you know, we are the bride to Christ. And so we have to present ourselves to him yes. as a bride that is flawless and without spot, as a bride that wow. submits to her husband, that submits to the Lord's will, that, that is able to prepare and use what she's given in order to provide for this blessing, for this ministry, for this marriage to Christ. And so like Iron Wifey, that's what I was founded on. Oh, that's so our, good. Yes, but love like that. Like, yes, that's so yeah. good. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that is so good. Um, I am so curious. What do you think when you hear the phrase as iron sharpens iron? I think, first of all, my first thought was like, wow, like iron has got to get pretty close to iron to sharpen it, like mm-hmm. to rub against. And I think it, it's that level of like friendship and godly fellowship that as women, like we have that ability to just kind of not even to know you, but actually get so close that I speak to your heart. Yes. And that closeness is, is so supernatural, really. And then to proceed to sharpen that person. And I first thought about when, when it's sharpened, like sparks fly out. And mm-hmm. often we, we want that encouragement, but we don't want the challenging either. So I'm definitely this person because mm-hmm. I'm like, don't correct me. Don't criticize me, <laughs> please, because I can't take it and I'll cry for three days. 
But honestly, the people that have come alongside me and said, um, I think you can do better in this, or you can change this, or I feel like God's saying that this is better. Those have been the people that I'm like, yes, please keep telling me those things. Keep challenging me because yeah. it's that challenge of ironing, sharpening iron. Like that's, that's what it's about. Yes. And then also, I think one thing I had to realize is that in order to sharpen someone else, you yourself have to be sharp. Yes, that's so good. So like we're constantly pouring into other people as other people pour into us. Like wow. God is pouring into us and we are able to, to then pour out. Like, yeah, yeah like that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm speechless. Yes. <laughs> well, Susanna, I always end every interview with the same question. We've talked about it a little bit. Iron sharpening iron. But our motto here at Iron Wifey is as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. So how are you sharpening the woman in your life? I'd say it's through listening. And I am definitely someone who, you know, likes to talk um, and likes to kind of get my opinions across. But I love just asking the women around me deep questions. Mm-hmm. And I always ask people, what, what's God teaching you right now? I always ask people that. And I love hearing the responses and I love just listening and just being filled and encouraged by those women. But I, I also want to be the person that, looks at a woman's mess and insecurity and heartbreak and shortcoming but sees them as Jesus sees them and sees the beauty in that pain and the beauty in that suffering and knowing your creator and knowing who he's made you to be like I just want to be that woman that comes and says like Michaela remember you're a child of God like remember you're redeemed like I want to be that person that reminds people of who they are and who God's called them to be Amen. <laughs> Amen. Susanna, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much thank for you. chatting with us and sharing all about what you're doing in life, the business that God has given you and how you're boldly carrying it out. Um, thank you for being a woman. That is that, that constant reminder that, you know, Jesus loves you and that you are redeemed for being that voice for the voiceless and for speaking up for injustices, you know, for being that advocate for for Jesus, for the kingdom of God, and for those whose voices aren't heard. Like, thank you so much for opening yourself up to us and for us today and just being obedient in what God has called you to do. I am grateful. We are grateful. And we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. And guys, again, make sure you follow everything Susanna's doing. Uh, Instagram, Susanna.Raj, as well as her business page, Love Like That. Now, this has been an amazing episode. Susanna is absolutely amazing. And we are so humbled and grateful to have her here. But I just want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of About My Father's Business. We'll see you all next week.